Hey everyone, we have a really great show today. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. We have with us Naomi Thomas. Super Live, excited. in person. <laughs> yes, we're going to be talking about gratitude and how to crawl out of the pit. That's right. We're tying it back into everything we've been talking about, of cultivating the presence of Jesus in our lives, dealing with fear, with anxiety, with depression, all that stuff, and just how we can use gratitude as a tool in our pursuit of Him, in our wholeness and wellness in Him. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Hey, everybody. So today's podcast and every podcast that will be coming in the future and the ones that have already happened are being sponsored by our friends at Wooten Media, which would be Ross Wooten. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite people in the world. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> that would be a very large statement to me. But he makes my life so much better as I have begun this journey. He's, Transformation. He's an integral part of this process. He is. He's the process. <laughs> so yes, if you want epic wedding photos or any any production, media production, check out Wooten Media. The best. It really is. Also, you should check out moolilypod.com. Yes, you should. For past podcasts that we've recorded and just if you have any questions or if you want to see funny pictures of Christiana mm. and myself. <laughs> All pictures of me are funny. <laughs> that should that's just that's my preface statement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yes, come and check us out. The other place yeah. we are is <clears throat> on Facebook. There's a few Moo Lilies out there. So that's look right. us up under Beautiful Asian Babies. Mm-hmm. Moo Lily Project. That's us. And although we have a plethora of questions, we're not gonna be answering any this morning. Although I hate to deprive the world of my opinion. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to just for yes. this moment in time. It is sad. Delayed gratitude is a good thing, though. Right. So it is an exciting day. We have our mutual good friend, Naomi Thomas, with us. Welcome, Naomi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about yeah, this. It's pretty cool. Thanks for being here. I'm excited. Thanks. So Naomi is a woman of greatness on many levels. Hmm. I can attest to that. Yes. <laughs> greatness. So <laughs> she's an author of... A Christian children's book. Yep, The Thankables. The Thankables, which Three is Three little so creatures fun. with very large features. Mm-hmm. So my children love that book, and there's a little song in it, and I'm not very musical, but we just made up our own song. <laughs> That's perfect. And I remember you read it at an event, and I was like, okay, what is the melody to this song? I need to like make a it's mental It's on the note. website. If you go to the website oh, okay. and you click on the first picture, it actually has an audio of my husband and I singing it. We sound like mice. It's but real good. It really is us. That's it so really fun. Really I need to. Us, so. I need to look check it out. out. Yep. Yeah. Thankables.com. Awesome. So, what are some of the other things that you do when you're not recording podcasts? Um, I mom. I mom three kids. I like how that's a verb. I mom. Yeah. It's you know your mother, your mom, you parent. Mom. I'm gonna mom you. <laughs> <laughs> you look out. <laughs> I'm going to start using that one as a threat from now yeah. on. What are you doing today? I'm no. momming. <laughs> yes. um, I'm mom. I wife. Oh um, 
<laughs> that is fantastic. Me too. See, how about you? Your mom uh, and your wife too, right? Badly. But I do, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mom and I wife and I sister mm-hmm. and I sister-in-law. And, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm mostly a stay at home mom. I'm involved in part-time ministry and, um, I, one of my favorite things that I do about three days a week is just get a chance to sit in a prayer room. There's a local prayer room at the international house of prayer. And I just take my Bible in and sit before the Lord. And I think out of that place for the last 15 years, I used to be more actively involved and now I just go in as a mom on the days that I can. And, um, and I enjoy being able to sit in a room and hear uh, people sing the word either mm-hmm. over me, and it's a way for me to enter into the presence of the Lord and study the word and pray for my city, pray for my family, pray for myself, right. uh, pray for the nations of the earth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I don't think I ever thought prayer would have been this enjoyable. Right. That's and so cool. So, Testify. Really, I never, it is I never cool did think that. To step into an environment where there's already momentum in that direction, yeah. you don't have to like work it up. You can sort of almost step into it. So that's one of the main themes, the main focuses of this podcast is how can we effectively cultivate the presence yeah. of God in our life in day our in day yeah. out while we're doing our chores, while we're taking care of our kids, while we're driving in the car. But it's nice to have a place that you can kind of step out of all, you know, the machine and just be. And that work is kind of almost done for you. Obviously, that it doesn't work like that. We yeah. always have, <laughs> you to, have to engage. engage. You have to engage. You have yeah. to. You have to lay hold of the But there's a the lot of other yeah. people that are engaging and you can connect in on that. I think you get encouraged by walking into a room and seeing others that you know are living life, which life is hard just as much as you are. And you go, Oh, if they're doing it, then so can I. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I remember one incident where I sat, um, in the prayer room and it was just the word I'm reading the scriptures and I'm, you know, your emotions are like, God, you're so amazing. Oh, I just don't want to leave. And I look at my clock and it's two o'clock and I'm, I gotta go. I'm like, if I could just stay a little longer. And I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and go, yeah, that's real cute. Go work it out on your family. Yeah, yeah. right. Like you don't get to get uh, stuck in the feeling of right. it. Right. Now go work it out. Mm-hmm. And and I think um that place is great to get in and to get to feel your heart come alive and to grow in understanding of the word and to be washed in the water of the word. <clears throat> but there is no real transformation until unless you take what you have reach pre- which what you've reached in that place right. and then you go try it out and you go oh didn't do that one i gotta mm-hmm. go back to the drawing board yeah so that's that's you know a large part of my day or three days a week is spent doing that and then the other four days and the other three days in the evening or afternoons are spent working those things out in my mm-hmm. community reaching out to my neighbors you know spending time with friends spending time with you guys spending yep. time with my husband working out those kinks that that are produced, um, Which is real life and life. Yeah. You know, I was, as I was driving over here, I realized, you know what? I think my thought, it's not, it's not fully processed. So bear with me if it's just an opinion, but it's in life, okay. it's not the pains of life that kill us. It's our responses to the pain Yeah. because it's the wages of sin is what causes death. Pain is not what causes death, right? Yeah. The wages of sin. Mm-hmm. So somebody can cause injury to my heart, it's my response both to the Lord Always. and my response to that individual that produces the fruit of death in my life. Mm-hmm. And I woke up this morning keenly aware of how quickly my heart is offended, how quickly my heart is ungrateful, how right. most of my time I spent 
um, entitled and you could have, you should have, you didn't, you, you know, whether it's to God or to others or even to myself. And, um, so yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the, Mm -hmm. I think most of life, I feel like I spend thinking, processing and trying to work out my salvation. Uh So yeah. But you do some speaking, some traveling. I do some speaking and some traveling when, when life permits. Yes. Um, <laughs> Which is a big deal when you've got three <laughs> it, kids. It really is. It really is. Um, my oldest just turned 18 and she's graduating. And oh, when, when I was younger, I thought, oh, that's the time when you check out. Oh, turns out it's the time when you really check in. <laughs> right. <laughs> as you a parent, it's a different you stage. You as much invested. Yeah, I think you... Less manual labor. Yeah, but, but there's more heart labor. labor. Way yeah. more heart, heart labor. labor. Way more emotional connect. Way much... There's just, you know, helping them sort through life. And then I've got two younger ones. So you're doing both. You know, it's like you're exercising two very separate things really? at this point. And then the physical labor with the four-year-old uh-huh. in a year and a half. And, yeah. you know, the teenager wants to be up all night talking. And then the other ones want to be up early in the morning. And uh-huh. my husband is amazing. And he gets up with them in the morning and even in the middle of the night. But there's still that you're just exhausted all the time. Right. And, um, nobody replaces mama. Nobody does. Nobody <laughs> replaces mama. Not even my mama. Yeah. Um, and she's very actively involved. I have a very supportive family. So that That's makes fantastic. traveling Huge possible yeah. whenever I have been able to. And, um, I think that has been one of the, I have found myself come alive. I love encouraging people. And when I encourage people, I feel encouraged. Yeah. And when I don't encourage people, watch out. It's mm. no bueno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of a little bit about me. Um, what else do you want to know about me? Okay, tell me. What is your ethnicity? <laughs> what so am I? Incorrect. No, no, it's not. I think <laughs> it's fun. It. I think it helps the audience to connect Absolutely. with her. Well, yeah. Naomi is one of the most interesting people I know in it's, terms of her background so cool. and where she's lived and the languages she speaks. I mean, you cannot put her in a box. I love that. I like <laughs> non-box people. Yes. I'm not a box. Not a box. Not at all. I don't fit in a box. I don't fit in a circle. Yes. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where I fit. A little hexagonal. I identify I as human. <laughs> Okay. That's right. Ooh, um, I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> so let's from? see. Let's see. Okay. So I was born to um, parents who are from a country called Suriname. And Suriname is north of Brazil between Guyana and French Guyana. Okay. And it used to be called the Dutch Guyana. Did uh, they grow up in Suriname? They did. Okay. They are very much Surinamese till so, this very day. South American. South American, South but not but. Latino. Yeah. Um, they, what, what, oh, it's just... They are from Suriname. They are Surinamese. They are of black descent um, or African descent, but not African-American. So what language did you grow up speaking? I grew up speaking Dutch and a dialect called Sranang Tongo. Okay, stop it yeah. and leave. <laughs> okay, bye. Because I barely speak English. Okay. So, well, no. but you write it phenomenally. <laughs> so See, there we go. You helped me write my children's books. What are you talking about? You're great. <laughs> you master one. I master none. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more a jack of all trades, but you know, I, anyway, so yeah, so my mom and dad are from Suriname, but my older brother and I were born in the Netherlands. Okay. Um, I didn't realize that you were born in, okay. Yeah, yeah, born <clears throat> in the Netherlands and at a very young age. So we were born there and then moved back to Suriname okay. and uh, lived there till I was seven or eight 
kind of fuzzy. And then we moved to Caracas, Venezuela, where I attended right. um, an international school called Colegio Internacional de Caracas. So now you're speaking Spanish. Spanish. And okay. I'm, I learned English and Spanish in school there. Okay. Okay. Simultaneously? Yeah, because it, it was an American okay. school. In Caracas, so was it an English okay. medium school? You learned in English. Yes, you That's learned why in English. You don't have a strong Correct. accent yeah. one way or the so other. So I learned in English, was... but because it was a Spanish-speaking country, you learn Spanish when you're doing everything I else. Needed that. Right. I needed to get it. around. Oh, Spanish, to get around, most know, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To talk to people who live yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a swim team, so I kind of, you know, interacted with people there and. Um, school made really good friends in school, and I was young enough to be able to pick up the language at that age, where it just it, it was easy. Right. Um, and I, I just remember in about a six month process, it just clicked, and both English and Spanish. Wow. Um, ver- verbal communication was easy. The written stuff is a little bit more of a challenge. I Christiana can attest to that. <laughs> I'm like, why'd you write that? Because like this isn't Latin, where you can put words in whatever order you want to put them in. You can in Spanish, so, almost, you know. So, so um, because you would think, when you learn a language as a child, you think in that language. Correct. And so, so for years, you when think I think in three, four. I, you know what? I'm not quite sure. I think it depends. If it's, I don't even, I don't quite know what I. Thinking. If you were alone by yourself in your house, thinking, mm-hmm. what language would you be thinking? Of? I. It really depends. It depends on not the kind you wear, but the, it depends on. <laughs> it depends on. Um, <laughs> I think it depends on the situation, and it depends on the connection it has to my heart. Okay. It depends on, yeah, the circumstance or the motive or the reason. Or um, there are times when I feel very excited and passionate, and the best way to say it is in Spanish. And then there are also, I think, I think. One of the most brilliant things about languages is that if you understand a language, you can understand people. Mm. So when Great. you, um, when I, when there are certain things I want to communicate, whether it's comic or serious, or it depends on what the situation is, there are certain things I can say to my mom with in the dialect, and we just will crack up laughing. Right. That you just can't communicate or translate. So it really depends mm-hmm. on the situation. It yeah. depends on the mood. When my brother and I are talking, it depends on... I'm laughing because I think of situations where we use the, a phrase from the dialect, and we both just have tears, and then you translate it, and people are looking at you like, That's you're just a moron. And I'm really thinking... Well, no, you are, but yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. I, it, but it is, it's, it's hard to, to express it. It's hard to share that. But mm-hmm. those are moments that really depend on, you know, it depends on the moment. Yeah. I don't have a specific answer. But I probably would say I mostly speak and think in English because I live in... That's where you are now. Yeah, so that's where I'm at now. So what brought you to the now. States? How did that come to be your home? So I moved, we left Venezuela under some just political turmoil and moved in the middle of the night. We landed on the island of uh, Curacao, of Curacao. Mm-hmm. And I wow. lived there from the age of 12 till I was 15. And um, at the age of 15, I decided I, I was ready to leave home. Life wasn't exactly... Um, we, we weren't raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. We were... Uh, Christers, I like to say, Christmas hmm. and Easter Mass is kind of what we attended until around the age of 13, right. 14, when we did start attending um, a local Moravian church. But I, I didn't connect to the gospel at all. Mm-hmm. So at 15, I um, moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I attended a boarding school called Pinecrest hmm. and um, graduated from high school. I'm not sure how. 
but I did. And then I moved on to college and life was, um, it, I'm telling you, being, having no purpose in life and no vision for life, it really is death. I had zero perspective for the future. I just, you know, one foot in, in front of each other, just kind of stumbling through life. But I love the Lord's sovereignty now that I look back on my life and thinking, man, this guy really knows what he's doing um, and how to work those things out. But I, so I, I graduated and then I moved to South Carolina. I went to college in South Carolina. Culture shock. Tell us about it. Culture shock. Really? This big distinction in the culture in Florida? Oh, dear heavens. Yes, there is. South I can attest to Oh, dear I want to hear I'm in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. no. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I'm in Fort Lauderdale, close to Miami. You hear Spanish every so often. You've got, okay. you know, Cuban restaurants everywhere. You're good to go. You move to Clinton, South Carolina. Right. It's a whole other like Where the Klan still marches. That's right. You okay. got a problem. Uh-huh. So I'm a black woman for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. I'm living in the deep South and the school itself was interesting. It was not a very diverse place, but on both sides of the fence, whether it was black or white, I didn't feel at home because it wasn't my culture. And, right. and I think part of it is um, as a third culture kid, you don't necessarily feel home anywhere. Mm-hmm. I've, I've lived in Kansas city for 15 years. It doesn't feel like home. And wow. I think that that's just... Some of it is a gift and some of it is a painful reality, yeah. you know? Um, so I've, I've, I'm learning to find satisfaction and gratitude in people versus places and mm-hmm. in hearts versus cultures. Right. And, oh, it, it, but it's a, it's a dying process of feeling. And, and I, I wouldn't say it's people. I think it's my own heart. I've never, I mean, I, up until the time I was 24, I moved every three years. So, mm-hmm. You know, those things are indicative. But the, the culture shock was very real to me in South Carolina, and I tried to adapt to it as much as I could by drinking and smoking pot and sleeping around. So that, <laughs> coping, coping. that makes you part of the culture. I yeah. mean, <laughs> everybody's doing it. So yeah, why not join the party? The yeah. You know, so um, oddly enough, I graduated a year early. I'm not sure how, but I graduated a year early with a little gift called pregnancy and um I gave birth I was gonna say a year later but that would be an elephant it was nine months later um so you finished school I did I finished school a year so I graduated the the summer before I was supposed to graduate and I'm not sure how I racked up the credits and how I made it to class you're pretty driven Mm, I can see Uh, I was ready to get out I was done yeah and I knew that if I if I quit, I was never going to go back. Mm. So I, I made it through, you know, drunken stupor and haze and, um, my GPA, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> I was going to ask, with a two. for you? <laughs> <laughs> it starts with a two. Let's just go there. And, so you uh, had a little girl. I did. Was I had a little girl. A welcome surprise? Oh, was that n- no. A- no, I mean, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. I was mortified. I had no purpose in life. And then I had to raise somebody, which incidentally, her name is Purpose. It's Mahan. So it means purpose until the end of. I just realized. Wow. Yeah. Made a little connection there. But I did. I had no purpose, no vision, no desire to live. I was mostly depressed, mostly angry, mostly offended, um, lonely, and 
just felt abandoned, felt unattractive. I mean, just the whole nine yards, not attractive, not welcome, not wanted. Right. And I, th I think that that is the state of most people. You know, I think mm -hmm. most people alive are either in that place and identify or are in that place and don't identify. Yeah. Right. I, and, um, but either way, whether you identify it or not, you're living out of that place most of the time. And I think that that's where my journey ever so slightly of turning towards the Lord started once I had her, okay. not, not a perfect one by any means, but it started with that purpose in hand and realizing I didn't get to which even that was the grace of God. I don't get to live for me anymore. I have a responsibility right. to another human being. Yeah. So, How'd your family feel about that? Um, is this thing on? Oh, I see the faces <laughs> okay. you're making over there. <laughs> I mean, it was, I can, I, I, I'm looking at it now as a parent of an 18 year old. And I think the feelings are, were valid of, you know, anger and shame and frustration right. and where did we go wrong and what did we miss? And, um, you know, whatever, all the negative, and not most of them weren't necessarily expressed, but the tension in relationships mm -hmm. are, are, are evident um, and absolutely natural and part of the human process that we have to make allowance for. I know that now, but in that place, you know, in that moment, I didn't particularly understand that. But, but even though they might have had those emotions, um, and I say might because it wasn't never it wasn't ever fully expressed. I I do know that they were always present. So right. that's one thing I I can very, say very significant. very significant that they put those emotions aside and they mm -hmm. loved her very well and just doted on her and for the time that they that they were in her life because we we moved. Mahan and I, that's her name. Um, we moved around shortly after I had her. And I was going to say, so you've graduated, you've got this little girl, and on top of that, she's biracial. Yes. So that's a whole other element. Yeah. Right? Of bringing it into, and her father's not in the picture. Not at all. And so now what's your plan? What are you doing in life? Where are you going? So I have zero plan except, um, so because of visa situations, I ended up back in Curacao with my mom and dad. And, um, and then I, three months after it, they just kept asking me, so what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I had one purpose in life and one desire in life. And it was, I wanted to be just like my brother because he loves Jesus wow. and he is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I grew up, when he, he was, he actually went to FIT for a while, Florida Institute of Technology, become a pilot. His whole life, he wanted to be a pilot. And I, oh yeah, his whole life. And so my whole focus in life was, I was going to be a stewardess. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. So you could so, be with your big brother. I know. Yeah, my whole life, <laughs> that was my, in the back of my mind, I was going to be a stewardess. I might just start crying. And um, so, yeah, so I remember thinking, I, I just, I wanted to be close to him because he had a real tangible relationship with the Lord. Not a perfect man by any chance, but he knew God and he was pursuing God. And I knew, you know what, this is one thing that's really interesting is that the underlying thread um, in my life was always, even at the darkest places of my life, in the drunkest, you know, state of mind I ever was, I remember standing in, in the frat houses, looking in the mirror and saying, Jesus, whatever you do, don't let go of me. Hmm. And I think, um, just even for somebody out there that's listening, if you have a, if you have a child in that place, to know that they're having conversations with the Lord. And that we don't get to despise others in their journey. Right. And we don't get to reject others in their journey. Absolutely. We get to love them and encourage them. And yes, you get to have 
strong words and you get to hold the line and you get to um, correct and admonish and all of those things, but it has to be done with the desire of ultimately that person reaching and attaining what Jesus has in mind for them. And uh, so I, I just remember even from a little girl wanting to know him, wanting to get there, wanting to achieve that place and not knowing what the key was. Mm. And I think for me, gratitude ended up be, becoming becoming that key. So I, I moved to to Curacao to be with my mom and dad. I finally moved to Florida, which is where Stuart was at. And um, Stuart is your brother. Stuart's my brother, correct. And um, I was there for about two years with Mahan and they moved to Kansas City where he, 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 he was actually working for InterVarsity College uh, Ministry and, um, and then which he was also doing in Florida at that time and uh, so he moved to Kansas City started working with InterVarsity and then shortly after um, he joined staff at, at what was beginning then which was the International House of Prayer and so I remember distinctly the first time I came to visit him and I walked into the prayer room that I stood in a room, it was a really small trailer, and I saw people, you know, maybe three or four people singing and one at a microphone, and I, it clicked for the first time. What I was looking for was the God of all of life, not the God of Sunday. And the fact mm. that these people were here Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and on, it meant that he was the God of heaven and earth. It meant that he was the God of all of life, which meant he had access to me and he could have all of me. That's and so, so interesting that you didn't look at that and feel like, gosh, these people are so religious. Why are they here every day? Because if that was your experience was just Sunday, that your perspective was so unique. That, I mean, that was obviously the revelation of the Holy yeah. Spirit looking at that. And I think the revelation came from I couldn't stay sober past Sunday. So I needed something Monday and Tuesday That's and right. Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and so Saturday. So Sunday wasn't, the, what do you do Monday? And what do you Christians do when you love Jesus? Like, this thing is really boring. And my biggest fear ended up being for sobriety was you just don't have fun when you're sober. Right. <laughs> like, what do you do? <laughs> you don't laugh. This is, this is really well, boring. Well, you're in the prayer room. But, yeah. Singing to Jesus. Don't okay, and that <laughs> seemed like somebody shoot me. You know, like, what, are you kidding me? Like, ah. And, and at times I did both. I sang to Jesus in the day and I got drunk at night. <laughs> you right. had to keep it going. So, so it that's wasn't. Real life. That's oh, gosh. It, out, it was such the, a disgusting mess. And, and I love your it. Stuff and mixing it all together. Yeah. I think Jesus loves that stuff. He really that's does. real. No, it really is. I, I've, I've often told the director at the House of Prayer, I was barely saved and barely sober. And he just cracks <laughs> up laughing, you know. And I'm sure people get offended. But I, it wasn't, I wasn't trying to stick it to Jesus. I, I wanted to do things right. I just searched and searched and searched and searched. Yeah. So where gratitude came into being was, it was around eight, Eight years ago, I was, I was done. I couldn't, it just seemed like I couldn't keep out of trouble. I couldn't stay out of immorality. It was on and off and I'd go years and then, you know, just, ugh, it was a seesaw, come and go, right. come and go. And I, I left, I took my daughter, ran out of my house and I spent some time elsewhere. And I sat in a room in an apartment and just started reading through the New Testament and, um, and asking the Lord an unusual question, I said, will you tell me who I am 
in the word. Because I'd heard people say, oh, I'm like Peter, or I'm like Paul. I'm like, I ain't like none of these dudes because I'm a mess. And I got mm, to John 4, and he said, you're the woman at the well. I said, dadgummit, that's so, that's so harsh. I Do chosen. I have to be the woman? Do I have to be her? Like eight men, and that's not her husband? What the heck? And I, I realized something about the Lord when he speaks to you. It's, it's painful, but it's soothing. It's truth. Right. And it hurts, but it's real, and so it's healing. And so I kept reading, and I said, well, why? And I kept reading and reading and reading, and I got to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And he says, in the last days, there will be troubles because men will be lovers of self, lovers of you know money, disobedient to their parents, revelers. I mean, the whole list of things that I personified and the people, especially the men that I had allowed in my life, personified. Right. And then he makes a really distinct um, distinction or, or he makes a, a clear um, example as to why in verse 7 he says avoid men such as these for they creep into the households of God where they deceive idle women who are ensnared in many sins they are always learning but never coming to the knowledge of truth and I said oh my goodness I've been on this hamster wheel yeah but I've never laid hold of the knowledge of truth and it wasn't a concept it was a person a person it was the person of Preach jesus it. a person and i i mean just scale started falling off of my eyes that day going i want to get this so i we were there for three months i pack up i move back to kansas city and now i'm living in someone's basement because somebody's running out my house and i'm in the basement and it starts water starts flooding into the basement one night and Welcome I go Lord I'm in my 30s I'm living in a basement that's flooding I have no prospect I'm just I'm lonely I am a single mom I have no money I have a bachelor's degree I'm doing missions barely at that what the heck and I go to sleep that night and I have a dream about three little creatures with very large features Really? In cartoon form. I didn't really weird. This dream went, or this concept went that far back. Yeah. So, so I have this it was, dream. It was at a real low point. It was at the lowest point. And now I will say it was, I was sober. So that was a high point. Oh, <laughs> so it was the lowest high point. It was the lowest high point. <laughs> Flash flood warnings, but you won't drown, you know? So I just want to highlight this. Because yeah. you, God gave you a very profound revelation beautiful words and images, something that has encouraged so many people, but it wasn't at a point in your life where you had it all together. You no. were thriving in the word of God and living in community and mastering your faith and righteousness. Never. It was at a low point. So that Jesus will speak to you. He That's will right. use you. He will use you to minister to other people. Out of the Wherever lowest point. Yeah. If yeah. there's a yes in your heart, no matter how small it is, he will take hold of that. I think that is just epically. I think it's that Hebrews four, you know, come in your hour of need, and He will give you mercy and grace. Yeah. And so, and I, and I, I, where gratitude, I think, I think the misunderstanding can be it's you're constantly saying thank you, thank you, thank you, and you never say anything to Him. I poured out my soul like water to Him that day. Um, I don't think it was out of the place of offense. It was out of a genuine, you're the only one that can solve this issue. Yeah. Please help me. Mm -hmm. You know, I give up. Exactly. Surrender. Surrender. And so I have that quirky dream and I wake up the next morning and I go, what in the world was that? It was just three little creatures with large features and they slam open the door to a room and they put their hands on their hips and they go, oh, thank you. I thought, okay. 
and I was not on drugs. Like I said, I was really sober. So there right. was, and there was no trail. This so was not, you know, nothing. Yeah, exactly. So I wake up that morning, I go upstairs to have breakfast and upstairs overnight, I guess, while I was sleeping, another couple had visited this family and I'm sharing with them the dream and the girl happens to be an illustrator. Wow. sitting across from me. So her and I chatted, you know, down the road and she did the first sketches for, for the book, which were tremendously helpful to get the picture out of my head. So that and sealed onto it, like day one. Yeah, day one. You bounced it off somebody else. You had something. Right, something paper, tangible on paper. And so then I was committed to, to, right. that, to that vision. And then a, about a month later, I moved out of that basement into a very nice basement. So it's moving <laughs> on up to the east side. So I was living in a deluxe apartment. So I'm moving out of that into a nicer home, but it's still the basement, but right. it's, a, it's a nicer basement. And I go to bed one night and the first phrases of the book just hit my head. It was a certain afternoon and not a thing seemed right. Our car was broken, money spent, there was no hope in sight. And I just scribbled it. And really the first very rough draft just came in about 10 minutes. Wow. I just penned it, put it down and went to sleep. And, um, and then over time I got to meet Christy and her and I sat down and she oh, hashed out on my non-English... <laughs> Our very own Christiana helps produce. <laughs> oh, most story. definitely. More than help. She's going, you can't write that. That's not English. What? <laughs> Who needs These rules? Are <laughs> this is rhythm and meter. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on oh, you have to really use that stuff? technical stuff. That's kids. They don't speak English anyway. Right. They like barely speak. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I realized that, that the story was more for... It was really for adults as well. Yeah, very much so. And that he was calling us to be childlike, you know, in our, in our, um, but then I had to put that little thing into practice. And I think that that's where I started to get a glimpse of how real it is and how ungrateful I am as a person and how. What does that look like? What um, does it mean entitlement. To be right. Talk about yeah. how it feels like in the words, because I think we're all so ungrateful and we don't realize it. Yeah, and I, I think I think it's um, we're quick to be offended. We are quick to. Um, so by that you mean we take things personally. Yeah, even it's all about me, even if it's nothing to do with you. And we're like, what? Yeah, and I envy. I mean, I I woke up this morning. That was another thought this morning. I am so envious of other people's success, and it pains me just to a degree I can't even express. I'm going, Lord, what is that? What I feel that I'm entitled to what that person has and why wow. don't I get what they have and the mm -hmm. covetousness and it's all underlying. And so since now I'm not drinking, not drinking, I'm not smoking pot, I'm not sleeping around, I'm doing good. And he's going, no, I'm after the things that led you into that place to begin with. And every person is, is, is in that same place, pride. Right. you know. The, and I think all of those are kind of doing a dance together, pride, offense, entitlement, envy. I think they're like just mm -hmm. flesh giving. Yeah. The human nature. And so those were the things I felt like I was owed something because I was a single mom. I felt like people had overlooked me and my community and they should have been more helpful. And maybe some of those things were right, but the response of my heart to the pain created these barriers that just basically was me, you know, flipping the bird to people. Right. And, um, and then ultimately to the Lord, because it's his bride. Right. And uh, me questioning, hey, the way you work this out in my life, it really sucks and I don't appreciate it. And um, so the journey started with being thankful for 
clean sheets when I finally moved back into my into my house that I'd rented mm -hmm. out the renters moved out and clean sheets and a, a glass of cold water food in my refrigerator but I had to actively I mean I wasn't like yay thank you I was going Lord no today I am choosing to say thank you for my sheets for my glass so of did water you have, did you write down a little strategy for that or was it something that you just when you thought of it, like when that thought, like that feeling of gratitude or that feeling of ungratefulness rose up that you made a different choice, how did you get into the practice yeah, how of did it become gratitude? intentional, the practice, yeah. yeah. Um, it became intentional, I think, because I, I, by the grace of God, I was aware that I wasn't grateful. And so, and I, I am pretty, if I want to do something, I go there. Right. But writing it on the fridge and mm -hmm. listing the things that I was grateful for, um, and then I had, I came up with four different rules. I couldn't complain about God. I couldn't complain about people. I couldn't complain about myself. And I was not allowed to police others that were not being grateful. So if somebody came to me with a complaint, it wasn't my job to say, you really should be grateful, Christina. Right. It was my job to do one of two things, to either hear you out and then pray with you in a different spirit or to just say, hey, you know what? I'm not comfortable talking about that. And I, and I have the right to do that without yes. being, you know, rude or defensive yeah. or offended by uh -huh. this. That's in the opposite of being grateful. Uh -huh. So <laughs> not, not joining in on that. Exactly. Because even if you could see that that wasn't right, it, it adds to my offense. It's not good for my own heart. Sitting in that place and exactly. absorbing that negative. Exactly. Yeah, so, and then out of that, I think it took around four years, I think, from the time that I had the dream to putting it into practice to sitting down with Christy. And um, and then out of that, we started this little War on Grumbling initiative, which I try to do. So tell us about that. Yeah. Because I've so, heard about it, but I've never done it. And okay. I want to do right. it. All right, awesome. Let's get on <laughs> I board. I don't know if I want to. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's amazing because you realize... It's going to be real hard. I think sometimes we just complain because it's cool. Like, oh my gosh, you notice the weather? Shut up. Right. It's the weather. Like, it shouldn't have that much effect yes. over your personality, <laughs> yeah. your character, your mood, you're, or your you're outcome. You should be able to be yourself. You should be able to be yourself. Even if the weather Yeah, sucks. exactly. So, so I think out of that... Um, uh, so out of, out of writing the book, I said, oh, it'd be great to do 40 days leading up to Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, war on grumbling. So hashtag mm -hmm. war on grumbling yep. um, is what I started using and encouraging people through Facebook to join in, mm -hmm. to post things that they were grateful for, to meditate on verses of Thanksgiving. And I think we forget, he says, we enter his courts with Thanksgiving. So this isn't just like, it's not some cutesy thing that you do. It actually requires an intentionality to strive to enter into that place. It's right. not, I'm just going to, you know, some people maybe are naturally more grateful. I, I, I just am not. And so there was a real striving and a real conscious effort that was posting things on the wall and mm -hmm. writing it each day, you know, myself and my husband and my daughter, writing those things out. What are you thankful for? And writing it. And then realizing, oh, I genuinely am not. I just did that because it's part of the routine. And mm -hmm. then taking it back while I'm driving in the car, while I'm changing diapers, while I'm doing laundry. And being in conversation with the Lord and being constantly in prayer and washing myself both in the Word in prayer, in, in, and in confession, um, confession finding so somebody important. where you're vulnerable and saying, you know what, I'm not grateful, but I want to work on it. So can we do this thing together? Yeah. Whether it's your spouse or your friends or families joining together mm -hmm. during those 40 days war and grumbling. And my hope is to be able to get churches to participate in it and to challenge us in the way that we see life and the way that we approach it. And 
um, challenging those areas of unbelief that are really at the root of, of our complaints. If we believed him, we would trust him. And if we trusted him, we'd be grateful. And so I think gratitude, we walk in, we see who he is and we go, oh my gosh, you can be trusted. And so that's, that's the heart that I'm after for myself as well as for others. And did you find, you mentioned that you're not naturally a grateful person. Did you find that it it shaped, it changed your perspective? It, It really has. I'd say the, the, one of the key things is it's been the most amazing antidote to depression. For me, wow. I, I struggled with depression severely, and um, and he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. So my mind was stayed on him, because it had to be, because I had to be thankful. Mm-hmm. And that interaction, um, instead of speaking death, and, and again, sometimes I was pouring my soul out, but to the one that I knew that could save me. So Which I think is a really I, healthy, really appropriate thing to most do. Most definitely. a completely different box to just... Yeah putting up airs and thinking yeah. everything is okay. And it is right. different than complaining. Um, and, and the Psalms are filled with, with David going, Lord, what are you doing? Like, I know you're, mm-hmm. this isn't your plan. So what's the deal? So you're not saying that we have to pretend like everything. Oh, okay. please don't. Cause I, <laughs> I don't do that real well. So if that's the case, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't, and I don't no, think that I that's what that. Jesus wants at all. No. I don't think that that's who he is. He's the sympathetic high priest. He sympathizes with those emotions, the real, he was tempted in like manner, which is all the more reason that you can go to him as your brother to go, I know you know what this feels like, so help me respond the way that you responded to the father when you were on the earth. Mm -hmm. And I think the place that he, he excelled in was in giving honor and thanksgiving to the father in heaven. And he left that as a model for us in the way that he walked. And that's what gave him perspective. And I want to get that heavenly perspective. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not walking in the ultimate victory and I'm, I limp quite a bit. I have to repent very often. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not going to focus on the area of failure. I think of first John where he says, when my heart condemns me, God is greater than my heart and he knows all things. And that's my resolve is I'm coming back to you. You have the answers you're able to. And so thank you. And I trust you, Lord. Thank yeah. you for, for the challenges. Thank you for the victories. Thank you for the pains. I know that you will turn them for my good. So, yeah. That is so cool. Thank you for sharing your journey. I hope that helps. And just I really for hope your, it helps a listener. Like, this is not a real word, I don't think. But for your realness. Like <laughs> Neither you is to mom. So we just make <laughs> them up as we go. <laughs> but, I mean, that's... Honestly, one of the things that I love about you, Naomi, is that there's nothing sugar-coated. You are who you are. And I think that in your journey, even in the mess of it, you are glorifying Jesus. I hope. Uh, That's that's all I want. I want him to... I want him to be happy. I want his heart to be blessed. I want my father to say, honey, you did really good. Yeah. You know, and I, and I do, I want to encourage, I think I'm, I'm at a place in my life hitting 40 that I am so desperate to encourage people, to encourage women, to just, let's just do it. If you mess up, you can get mad at each other, you blow it, you apologize, you dry your tears, you wipe your nose, you pick each other up, and you keep running. We have an adversary, and it's not one another. So let's not make one another the adversary, Mm -hmm. but let's run the journey together and, and give each other hope and speak truth and life and purpose. And I genuinely believe that Thanksgiving is one of the single most powerful ways forward for us to come into. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, the command is to be thankful in all things. 
and it's there for a reason. And um, I want to experiment what that reason is and receive the benefits of that reason. And I know for me, it has, it has, it has catapulted me out of depression, um, and it has exposed to me the pitfalls of offense and anger and envy and right. bitterness. It, so it shed light on it. Uh -huh. This is where you were, and this is how you got to where you were. You don't want to go back there. So he's going to keep highlighting those things. And my response, even to that being exposed, is thank you. It hurts like the dickens, but thank right. you. Thank you that you're telling me I'm envious and I need to get over it. And so I'm going to look at you, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We now beholding as dimly as in a mirror are being transformed from glory to glory into the image that we behold. So I'm not going to keep looking inward at how filthy my heart is. I'm going to look at light and say thank you that you're shining light on it because you're bringing it into light so that you can turn it into light. Right. You know, It's like how a diagnosis sometimes it's really encouraging it's better to know this is what yeah. it is so i can deal with it deal rather with it. than being like i'm always, always sick i'm and always I'm tired like, yeah fix it you know and it's the grace it's the kindness of jesus that he shows us those things it really even is even though it is painful yeah then we can walk with him and grow exactly yeah. he does it with so much love and it's this whole journey of coming into as he deals with all of these things and or we do it with him that we're becoming into alignment with his thoughts and his ways and his purpose your lollipop is sticky on It'll your phone. It'll be okay. And I, I know. It's okay. <laughs> it looks like a little mushroom. I was trying to move it because it's on my phone, phone <laughs> and there's lollipop <laughs> drool on my phone. That is beautiful. And I love it. But it Lord. is a pina colada lollipop. So it's special. <laughs> it's worth it. It's, it's special. Special. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm grateful you're here. I'm so grateful you had me come. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing your story. Thank you. Just hearing your the testimony of that you working it out. Still working, working honey. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep working. working. It's like a workout three days a week, do. seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much. Great. And we'll be back. We will. In about two weeks. That's right. We're going to take a little break. Mm -hmm. We'll be back with something else awesome. Do you know what it is? You know, are we, are we <laughs> I do, actually. Okay. We have um, another guest, Megan Adams, who has a, a similar, different testimony, but a similar response in her heart of gratefulness in the midst of suffering. So she's walked through long-term illness and just known the reality of pain in her body over many, many years. And yet she has allowed that and used that to build just such a sweetness in her spirit and such a deep intimacy with Jesus. So we're going to be hearing from her next time we get together and wait to meet her. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really, really fun and quite provoking i'm sure so we'll see you then awesome. thanks for being with us